Um, we've been studying over the past few weeks, um, those of you who have been here with us will know we've been studying the armour of God. And can I encourage you, if you have missed a couple of weeks or if you're brand new this week, jump on the podcast and listen to the last few weeks because the thing about the armour of God is you need every piece of it, right? It's not good enough just to have one. You need the full armour of God. So I'd encourage you to jump onto those podcasts and catch up so that you really get a full picture of what we've been unpacking the last few weeks. Um, I'm going to read from Ephesians. This is found in Ephesians 6. Um, I'm going to read from verse 10. It says this. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So if you've been with us the last few weeks, you will know that we have covered the belt. We've covered the breastplate. We've covered the sandals. And now we're told, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. Other versions say, in every situation, take up the shield of faith. That means no matter what situation you're facing today, that you need to take up the shield of faith. So you need to be listening up this morning. And you see the rest of the armour, you might have noticed that the rest of the armour up until this point, it kind of sounds like putting on a uniform. kind of sounds like putting on a military uniform. It's clothing. It's like once you put it on, you wake up in the morning, you put it on, it's on, right? You don't have to think about it throughout the day. It's just on. You've put it on. But now we're told that in addition to that uniform that you've put on, that we need to take up the shield of faith. So this tells us, I think, the shield of faith is not always in place. It actually requires action. It actually requires action on our behalf, on your behalf, to actually get it into place in order to protect us. See, and unlike with the other pieces of the armour, see, in the other, the other pieces, Paul just tells us, put it on. But with this one, he actually tells us why we need to put it on. And this is what he tells us. He tells us that the shield can actually extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And these flaming arrows, or maybe flaming missiles, they were often called, sometimes they were often like big javelins set on fire. They were often even catapulted to give them more power and more accuracy. And I know that there's lots of visual learners here. So I thought, well, how about I just show you what it looks like? But if there's any kids in the room, can I just encourage the parents? You might want to cover some eyes, okay? That's a warning. Warning. Ignite! 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 Ignite!
You're welcome. <laughs> Pretty gruesome, hey? And here's a word of warning. If you don't want to end up like one of those guys with the flaming arrow through the heart, then I think you better stick with me, okay? You better stick with me this morning because thankfully the good news is that the story doesn't have to end like that for us, okay? And as I was reading up about the Roman military this week, I was actually, I found it so interesting to learn that, you know, in that clip we saw those flaming arrows. They actually did, unfortunately, kill people, right? It was pretty gruesome. But what I learned is that they actually, most of the time, weren't actually designed to kill what they were often used for is simply distraction. Because even we saw it in that clip, you know, the, the armies lined up, they're ready for battle, and then these fiery darts come and then they set things aflame. Well, all of a sudden, there's a distraction. There's a diversion. Hang on, we've got our game plan, but now that's in the way. And now some of our soldiers have got to go handle that blaze. So it causes confusion and distraction and diversion and chaos. But here's the part that I actually, I felt really strongly that I wanted to say this morning because I feel like someone in this place needs to hear this. I want you to hear that the enemy can't destroy you, okay? Unless you let him, right? The enemy cannot destroy you and the enemy cannot take out your salvation unless you let him. See, if you are a follower of Jesus, hear this, you are eternally secure, you are eternally secure. And so you actually don't have anything to be worried about. Because the last thing that I want to happen today is that you walk out of these doors fearful. That's not the point of this message. If you walk out fearful, I haven't done my job well today. Because you actually don't have anything to be fearful of if you have Christ. Okay? But here's the thing. The enemy can't destroy you, but he will do whatever he can to take your focus and attention off of Jesus. Yeah. He'll do whatever he can to take your focus and your attention off what it is that God has called you to do. Whatever your mission is, whatever God's asked you to do, whoever he's calling you to be, you can be assured that the devil will work hard to distract you from it. Okay? That's when those fiery darts start coming into your life. That's what the devil's trying to do. Most often, he's not trying to necessarily kill you or take you out. He's just trying to get your attention off of where it needs to be, off of where God's calling it to be. And obviously for us, you know, we talk about the flaming arrows coming into our life. It's not going to look like that army scene we just watched. It's not going to look like literal flaming darts coming at us or flaming javelins coming off us. But I want you to think about what they could look like in your life because I can guarantee if you're following Jesus, they're coming at you. So I want you to know, what is it I should be looking for? What's he, what's he going to try and distract me with? Well, here's some examples. And maybe even as I say one of these words, you'll go, yep, that's, that, oh, that's what he's trying to do to me right now. Here's some examples. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's in, intimidation. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's worry, doubt. Maybe it's busyness. Maybe it's his, the enemy's lies or the enemy's accusations or his temptations that are causing you to fear and doubt and causing you to disobey him, calling you to sin, causing you to carry around guilt and shame. See, those seeds or, or darts of fear, they start a blaze which distracts you from what God has called you to. And they can actually bring you to a standstill. They can actually cripple you in fear and anxiety, stopping you from walking in faith like God has asked you to. 
But the good news is that Paul tells us that we can use the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows. We actually have the power to extinguish the flaming, area, the flaming arrows. So that's why I want us to learn a little bit more about this shield this morning. Because it's like, well, okay, if, we're gonna, if we've been told to take up this shield and that this shield has the power and ability to extinguish all the flames, then let's learn a little bit about this shield. Now, some of you might be picturing the shield and you're picturing like this tiny little round shield that just covers the chest. But can I just tell you that Paul is not talking about a puny little thing like something like Captain America would use. No, that is not what we're talking about. We are not talking about... No, okay? (laughs) But no, Paul uses the word scutum, which is the type of shield that a Roman soldier would have used. And what you've got to picture, some of you might have seen it in that clip we just watched, but it's a larger shield. Okay, we're talking a shield that's typically two feet wide, four feet long, and it's shaped almost like a door. It's huge, right? And it consisted of planks of wood fused together, then it was covered by canvas, then by leather, then it had an iron hub in the middle in the centre there, and it also had iron on the extreme edges. And this made the shield able to withstand the hard-hitting strokes of an enemy's broadsword during, listen for it, close combat. Now, if you were on our first Zoom call that we had a few weeks ago, you would have heard me talk about this, the, um, the sword of the spirit. And we learned that the word that Paul used for sword of the spirit showed us that it's a short sword, meaning, hey, this is going to be up close, intimate battle, and we're going to be ready. And I find it so interesting that in the same way, this, sword, this shield that we're meant to take up, it's also ready for up close, intimate battle. See, these were so big, these shields, that when a soldier would crouch down, it actually completely covered him. We've got a photo, is it behind me? Yep, so you can see it. So when he would crouch down the soldier, it would completely cover him, right? So we are talking serious protection, right? This is not some little shield. This is actually serious protection. But it's interesting that we're told to take it up, to put it in position. So here's the thing. If we just leave it by our side, we're not protected. But if we actually put it into action, if we strategically place it in front of us, then we have serious protection. But it's no use to you while it's by your side. You've actually got to strategically put it into place. You have to put it into action and you've got to take it up. So you might be wondering, well, okay, you're telling me I've got to take it up, but how do I take it up? Well, it's called the shield of faith, right? So to answer that question of how do we take up the shield of faith, I think we've first got to understand what faith is. And there's a passage in Hebrews 11, which actually gives us a brilliant definition of faith. This is what it says. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Other versions say it's the evidence or conviction of things we cannot see. The Greek word that they use for there for evidence or conviction, it's, what, it's a word that we might use to say like the proof, right? It's the proof of what we can't see. And it actually in that um, chapter, you know, as has been given out Bible challenges every week about passages to go and read, can I encourage you this week to go and read Hebrews 1, the whole chapter, because it actually goes on. It firstly starts with a definition of faith and then it goes on to list all these characters of the Old Testament that showed faith. But here's the thing, they showed faith by their actions. See, it says, one of the examples is it says Noah, right? It says Noah by faith 
built the ark. See, he didn't know, he couldn't see the floods coming. It seemed completely crazy to ask him to build an ark, but God told him to build it. So in faith, he could, so he may not have been able to see it, but by faith, he built the ark, trusting that what God had asked him to do was necessary. Then there was Abraham. It says, by faith, he went to a place he was called, even though he had no idea where he was going. Right? He couldn't see it. He didn't know where he was going, but God had called him and told him to go. So by faith, he went. He took that step of action. It tells us that Sarah, by faith, she conceived a child even though she was way too old. So in the natural, she couldn't see it. But her God gave her a word that she would conceive a child, and by faith, she did. So it's kind of like saying that when we step out in faith, when we walk in faith, when we do what God has always asked us to do, even though it might seem crazy in the natural, that that's the evidence, that's the proof that we believe God is who he says he is and that he'll do what he says he'll do. You know the word used for faith in the New Testament? It's actually, and it's the word that they use in this Hebrews passage that we just read, it's pistis, which is actually used over 200 times in the New Testament. And it's also the word used in Ephesians when we're talking about the shield of faith. Well, it's interesting because it's also used in the book of James where we're told that faith without deeds is dead. So essentially, your faith without any form of action is completely useless, right? Every, almost every time that that word is used in the Bible to talk about faith, it's used in a way that refers to faith as an action. So really, when it comes down to it, faith reveals that we're reliant on God. See, faith isn't just saying we believe. It's showing that we believe. It's acting like we believe it. See, think about it like this. I could decide right now that I'm just going to jump off the stage and I'm going to trust as to catch me. <laughs> now, I can stand here and say, <laughs> I can stand here and say, I completely trust as. I completely trust him. He's so faithful. He's never let me down. He will catch me for sure, right? But here's the thing. It ain't faith till I jump off that stage and see if he'll catch me. I'm not going to do it because I actually don't trust that he'll catch me. (laughs) I don't have faith that he'll catch me. (laughs) But that's the thing. It's not faith until you act on it, right? You can say as much as you want that you believe something, but until you show you believe it, that's when you jump into the faith zone, right? It ain't faith until you're prepared to actually put it into action. See, faith is acting like you actually believe the promises of God, right? Even when those fiery darts start coming at you, it's when you walk in faith and act like you actually believe that the promises of God are true and are going to come true in your life. See, I can stand here and say that I believe God is for me, that if God is for me, nothing can be against me. I can quote all these scriptures, right? But then I got to look at my life and say, but am I acting in a way that shows that I truly believe that God is for me and that if God is for me, nothing can be against me? See, I can stand here and say it, but then if I walk out those doors and I'm filled with fear, then it's... My, my life, my actions are not actually marrying up with what I'm saying I believe. 
See, it's same with, you know, every week we get up here often and talk about tithing, right? And see, you can say, or you, you know, maybe we get up here and we say that, oh, God will provide for your every need. And you sit there and you say, amen, amen. Yep, I believe it. But here's the thing. That's not faith. Faith is when you actually take your money and tithe it and you wait for God to provide for your every need. That's faith. It actually requires action. It's not enough just to say it. You've got to show that you truly believe it. So when these flaming arrows are coming at you, and I can tell you they will, it'll be those seeds of doubt, those seeds of fear or anxiety or temptation. It'll be those voices saying, do you truly believe the promises of God? Do you really have faith that what he says is true? Do you believe that his power is real? Do you have faith even though you can't see what the outcome will be? That's the moment when the shield of faith gets activated, right? When you choose to believe and you choose to act in a way that says, no, I do truly believe that what he says and what he promises is true. That's the moment that the shield of faith gets activated. It's when you actually choose to walk in faith, to step out in faith, to leap out in faith. It's to walk and to live like you believe that what he says is true. And what I've realized is, you know what? The quicker you put your shield up, the less time you spend exposed. See, remember the other week I was talking about Ephesians 4.27, which says, don't let the devil get a foothold. Well, I can tell you that a perfect example of letting the devil get a foothold is leaving that shield by your side. Because when it's down there, it ain't doing you any good. You're completely exposed to the enemy. Those fiery darts are coming and there's nothing to stop them. But if you pick up that shield and you put it in place, you are not giving the devil a foothold because you have your faith and you are prepared for whatever he throws at you. And here's another thing I learned this week that I actually thought was the best bit. See, some of you might know this, but some of you may not, that actually in Roman military, there was something called the turtle formation. Kind of sounds cute, turtle formation. But here's the thing, that when, that when Roman soldiers were advancing in battle, right, they would normally have their shields in front of them, right, because they're going into combat. But when the enemy was launching the flaming missiles, like we saw in that video before, the soldiers would actually use their shields much more strategically. See, they would often dip their shields in water, then they would huddle together in a group, hoisting the shields overhead, and there were strategically placed hooks on the sides that would actually allow them to link their shields together. And when formed into a unit like that, those water-soaked shields would actually create a damp, dense shell of protection, looking kind of like a turtle. That's where they get the name. And here's the thing, because the shields actually had a gap between the layers, those flaming arrows could actually penetrate far enough into the shield that they were actually extinguished by the damp shields. So not only did the shield just deflect the arrows, it actually extinguished them. That's why Paul said that if you put up this shield of faith, it'll actually extinguish the flaming arrows. And that's what Paul's trying to tell us is get your shield in place because not only can it deflect, but it can extinguish them. We're actually going to watch a little video so that you can picture what I mean by this. Ah! All right, flag is gone. Send in the reserve cohort!
pretty cool, hey? The protection that came from that turtle formation. And what I love about this is it actually shows us the power in linking your faith with other people's faith. And that is what I love about the church. Because that's what we do on a Sunday. And not just Sundays, but all week through as we learn even in life groups and things like that. But the power of being part of a body of believers is that you can come in and you can link your faith with other people's faith and you actually give yourself even greater protection. And, you know, I want to tell you a story. This was many years ago. I heard um, there's an amazing woman that's part of our Gold Coast church called Sue Ellen. And, you know, years ago she went through a cancer battle. And I remember she spoke in church about her faith during that time. And she, she said this one thing that I've never forgotten. And she said this. She said when she was going through this cancer battle, which, as you can imagine, that's fiery darts coming your way. But she said she would keep coming to church and she said sometimes she did not have the faith or the strength to worship. That she didn't have what she felt she needed in that moment to worship God. But she said she kept coming to church because she said she loved that there were people beside her, either side. There were people in front of her, people behind her that raised their arms in faith and worshipped God on her behalf. She actually said she felt covered by the faith of the other people in the room, the faith of her brothers and sisters around her until the point where she could actually raise her arms in faith as well because of the power and the strength that was around her. And that is the power of church. We come and sometimes we feel like, I can't lift my shield. These fiery darts are coming at me and I don't feel like I have the strength to continue. I can't get this shield off the ground. But that's when we come into an environment like this and we say, hey, would you stand with me? I don't have what it takes right now. I feel depleted. But if you lift your shield and you lift your shield and you lift your shield, I will feel covered by the shields of faith going up around me. So can I encourage you, when the fiery darts are coming, the first thing, I truly believe this, the first thing the enemy will try to do is to get you to stop coming here. He will try to stop you gathering with believers. And one of the very ways that you can lift that shield of faith is by saying, I will come to the house of God despite anything else and I will allow people to carry me. See, the Roman army was known as being a formidable army. They were a formidable army, especially when they connected and linked in with formations like that. Nothing was getting past them. You saw that. Those those arrows were coming and nothing was getting through because they were together as a team. So maybe you're thinking, okay, so that's how to do it. But how do I actually put this into practice in my own life? Because I think that's really important. It's important when we come to church. We want to learn the Word of God, but then we want to learn, well, how, when I walk out those doors, how can I actually apply this Word of God to my life? Well, I want to share with you an example from my own life. And here's the thing. This is something that's been happening in my life the last few weeks that I felt God say, this is for you to share. And here's the thing. I know that in the scheme of things, the story I'm about to tell is minuscule compared to some of the battles that each of you are facing, okay? So I'm not for any moment saying that this is a tough battle compared to what some of you are facing, but I do want to share it with you. So a few weeks ago, I was just lying in bed one night and I felt a lump in my neck and I thought I haven't felt that before. And I thought, hmm, is it just, you know, I get lots of, uh, what do you call it? Like muscular um, cramps and things in my neck. I thought it'll probably be gone tomorrow. Next day, it's still there. As and I decide, you know what? We should probably just get this checked out. No harm in getting it checked out. 
So I go to the doctor and he, he looks at it and then he's, he can't give me any answer. So he says, we'll send you for an ultrasound. So I go to an ultrasound. I'm waiting for the results and I go back to get the results. And I don't want to be rude, but I'll just say the doctor wasn't very helpful. <laughs> and um, really, in that moment, I felt fiery darts coming because the doctor used a word. I, quite frankly, I don't think he needed to use that. Ah, sorry. He used a word that day that I don't think he should have used. He used the word cancer. And I knew in that moment, I do not have cancer. I knew it. I knew in my heart of hearts, I'm like, I do not have cancer. And I knew straight away that this is the enemy throwing fiery darts at me. Because here's the thing. God's asked us to pastor this church. We have a mission, right? We have a mission. We have a call. And we are prepared to take on that call and to walk in faith what God has asked us to do. But here's the thing. While I'm trying to do my mission that God's got for me, the enemy goes, right, I've got to distract this woman somehow. How am I going to distract her? I know. I'll, I'll shoot some fear over there. I'll use some doctors to say some words that are going to cause roots of fear to build up in her and I'll distract her so that she stops focusing on the mission that I've called her to do. She'll stop focusing on pastoring the church and she'll get caught up in her own fear and, and cause that to distract her. I knew instantly, I knew instantly that that wasn't, that wasn't a dart that was going to kill me. I knew that. But I knew it was a distraction. But here's the thing, how do I, in a moment like that, because we face moments like that all the time. And as I said, some of yours are a lot worse than mine. And can I just say, I'm fine, all right? I know some of you are probably there worried. I'm fine, okay? I'm perfectly healthy. I'm fine. But in that moment, I had to put up my shield of faith. So how did I do that? Well, firstly, I decided that I am going to identify this for what it is, a distraction. I'm going to identify it for what it is. It was a distraction and I was not going to let it distract me. So yes, I did what I needed to do. I did the wise things. I went and got the tests. I went to the doctors. I did all the, this stuff because I, quite frankly, I think it would have been unwise for me to, to not least follow those, those procedures. So I did all that, but I didn't let that consume me. I didn't let that consume me. I didn't let that take my focus. I didn't give in to the fear. I kept playing worship songs over and over, songs that were saying that I believe my God is for me and that if my God is for me, nothing can be against me. I kept listening to songs that said my God can do anything. I kept declaring scriptures over my life, meditating on the Word of God and declaring scriptures over me that said that I would cry out to my God and He would heal me. I kept declaring scriptures and I kept singing worship songs. I kept praising. I kept raising that faith. And you know the other thing I did? I gathered a few prayer warriors. I got into my turtle formation. I, I was wise about who I told. I didn't want to cause a fuss. I didn't want to cause hysteria when there didn't need to be any. But in that moment, I knew that I just needed a few trusted prayer warriors to pray for me. So I flicked out a few texts and said, hey, I know I'm going to be fine, but would you stand with me and would you pray with me? And the... the, the um, the calmness and the peace that came to me, just knowing I had a few people that had my back, that I had a few people that were praying, that were sending scriptures to me, that were believing with me, that was enough to help me feel protected in my little turtle formation. So my question for you today, and as I said, I'm fine, okay? Honestly, I'm fine. Um, they're going to monitor it, but the specialist told me it's really nothing to be worried about. So I honestly don't want anyone to worry. I'm going to be fine. And as I said, it's only a little story, but I felt it was one to share with you about how I personally put up my shield of faith. But my question for you today is what is God calling you to do? 
Who's He calling you to be? What's He asking of you? Because I know right now, each and every one of you, I truly believe that right now God will be speaking something to your spirit that's, hey, remember I asked you to do that. You know, I've been calling you to that. You've been ignoring me on that. There's an area in your life where He's asking you to step out in faith. I have no doubt about it. And it will be different for each and every one of you. So I want you to think about it. What is it that God's calling you to do? And then I also want you to think about it. What distractions is the devil throwing at you right now to keep you from what God has called you to do? Because if he's, if God has called you, I can guarantee you the enemy will try to distract you from that calling. And here's the thing. This is a revelation I had this week that I actually don't want you to miss because, and it sounds simple, right? So some of you go, why is she so excited about this? But this excited me. The enemy knows that the very thing that can extinguish the flames is faith, right? He knows that. Your faith is what can extinguish the flames. So what's he going to attack? What's he going to attack first? Your faith. See, he will try to take down your faith. And it might sound obvious, but what I realised, yeah, is you, you think about it. You're here, the enemy's here, and you're going to put up your shield of faith in between. So what's he, to get to you, He's got to take down that shield of faith to get to you. So He is going to attack your faith first. Good. I like that attitude. (laughs) He needs to destroy your faith before He can destroy you. So my advice for you is get that shield of faith up and strong. Don't let Him take that down. See, when I was thinking about this, I was actually thinking back to the Garden of Eden, right? which is the first time when we really see the enemy speaking to humans. And what does he say? He says to Eve, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? See, from the very beginning, he was planting seeds of doubt. Seeds of doubt about whether God could really be trusted, whether God was really faithful whether God was really worth putting their trust and faith in, whether He was really worth obeying. See, from the very beginning, that's what He was doing. His tricks haven't changed. He'll try the same tricks on you that He tried on Eve. He'll just plant those seeds of doubt. He'll attack your faith. Can God really be trusted? Come on, can He really be trusted? Would you really want to put your faith in a God like that? But the good news is, is that we know God is faithful, right? And if you're here this morning saying, I don't know if He is, I'm here to tell you God is faithful. He's been faithful to me and He'll be faithful to you. We know God can be trusted. We know He is a good, good God. He is a good, good Father. So it is actually time to turn away from the distractions, to take up that shield and start walking in faith towards what God has called you to. I actually want to end today's service with a song because as I said to you, when I was going through um, this little battle just a little while ago, I would just listen to songs over and over and over. And this is one that I would listen to over and over when when I just needed to be reminded how powerful He is and how faithful He is. When I needed my faith reignited, when I needed my faith stirred up, this is a song that I would listen to. And I'm going to... I'm going to ask something of you this morning that I know for some of you it might be uncomfortable and there's no pressure to do this and I know for some of you it might be uncomfortable but what I want to ask is that as we're singing this song firstly I want you to sing it with faith 
I want you to sing it, Faith, almost like a, yeah. I almost wanted to say like an up yours to me. But I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I just said it. <laughs> That's, sorry, maybe take that bit out of the podcast. <laughs> um, but that's what I, but I want you to sing it like you believe it. I want, to, I want you to sing it in faith, as is shocked that I just said that. <laughs> that's just payback because he says things every week that I'm like, I can't believe you just said that. So it's just payback. But anyway, back to the song. It's, here's what I want you to do. I actually want you, if you feel comfortable, but here's the thing, even if you don't feel comfortable, maybe you need to do it all the more. I want to give you the opportunity during this song to raise your hands as a symbol, as a physical sign of putting up that shield of faith. Okay? Yeah. It's a sign of you are protected by the blood of Jesus. It is a sign that you believe that God is who He says He is and that He will do what He says He'll do. It's a sign that you believe the promises of God. So I'm going to ask you that if you believe that God is who He says He is, and if you believe the thousands of promises, amazing promises that He has for you in the Bible, then I am going to ask that you just lift those hands. Because particularly with our masks on, you maybe can't sing as loud as you want to. But put those hands up. It's a sign. It's a symbol. It's a tangible Action, Because we've been talking about faith is an action. And that's what I mean by maybe you feel uncomfortable. But sometimes we've got to get out of our comfort zone and walk afraid. Sometimes you might be afraid, but you've got to walk in faith anyway. So we're going to sing this song. Or I think most of you will know it. It's one of my favourites. And we're going to have faith. This, this building, I've been seeing it all week. This building is going to be full of faith. Okay, so let's sing it. Let's sing it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We believe this message will inspire you into greater intimacy with Jesus, relationship with others, and influence in your world. If you would like to know more about us, you can visit us online at www.elevationchurch.com.au.